The reasons to treat yourself to a frozen drink from Mickey D's go on and on and on. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. Your new flavor craze is here. From sweet and fruity frozen Fanta Wild Cherry to the classic cool of a frozen Coca-Cola to the tasty and tart frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry. Get any size for $1.59. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So it's Sunday again, and we're back, and it's either late morning or early afternoon whenever I decide to post this thing. Uh, joining me on this episode of the Sunday Show, and I, I just this intro, I just feel so relaxed and so peaceful. But um, let's see. Joining me on this episode is a very, very lovely gentleman, someone who I've grown to love very much in the podcasting community. 
from Jacket Audio itself, the one, the only, Joey T. Sir. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God there's only one. Uh, the, world doesn't, the world doesn't need more of this. It needs plenty more of that, sir. <laughs> plenty more of Dude, you. Who would have thought you'd uh, say such kind things after all these years? <sighs> well, you we started. A, a, it was a, uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? A tumultuous start? Yeah, tumultuous start, to say the least, yes. Uh, Joey Michael T. J. Epic J. fail. <laughs> Michael J. Oh, didn't like a lot of the things that I said. Uh, would uh, call me out constantly on Twitter for my... Uh, it just yeah. The hashtag that he used was Joey T Epic Fail for whatever I said wrong, did wrong, that he didn't like. Well, let, <laughs> you, let's, were, you were so brutal to me. Well, okay. Let Let's just say this, and and if Tony, your your jacket audio cohort, is listening, and I'm wrong in any of this, he can um, correct it at a later time. Um, he had started a website called the Marston House back in. 2010, and I believe, was it, maybe it was 09? No, it might have been the beginning of 2010, maybe late 09. And it was a horror-themed website. So uh, this is before... I didn't know that. So this is before I started podcasting. And okay. he started this website, and it was going to be horror news and things like that, um, and I was going to maybe go to conventions, get pictures, all that stuff, and do, like, news and updates, all that stuff for the site. And right. You know, I said to him, I'm like, well, why don't we do like a, a podcast type thing? Because he had that, you know, the T-Mac show that he did when he was younger. Right. So I said, well, why don't, you know, we can maybe get something going. He's like, eh, I don't think I want to do that. I don't really feel like it or whatever. Done with the pod, whatever, all that stuff. Don't want to do it. And, you know, so that's fine. He didn't want to do it. Uh, lo and behold... Uh, four years later, you know, well, then, so then I started doing the podcast thing and he went on his mm -hmm. merry way, you know, whatever. So four years later, uh, you come into the picture. Um, I believe you were there before, but then you weren't there and then you came back in and right. you, you know, proposed Jacket Audio or that, you know, started it. And he said yes to you, but he said a big fat no to me. And I think that in my brain, that was the, you know, the beginning of, I was, I was, I was bred to hate you at that point. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, and I don't know if Tony ever said anything to you, or if I, I'm out of line by saying this, he actually, when I, when I asked him, because I, like, I, I started listening to podcasts, Started off with uh, the Smodco network with uh, listening to Kevin Smith's, uh, what is it, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, mm -hmm. uh, Smodcast, and Tell Him Steve Dave. And the Tell Him Steve Dave, Tell Him Steve Dave guys do their show at the Secret Stash in Red Bank, New Jersey. So when I would listen to their show, I'm like, God, if Jacket Video was still around, this would be good. We would totally be doing this right now. So, I didn't, it, it didn't even click in my head that we could do a podcast. 
And so almost six or eight months of binge listening Tell Him Steve Dave. Oh, boy. Which Tell Him Steve Dave is still the only podcast that I've listened to every episode. You never miss it. No. I mean, I was late to the game because I think they started in 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And I didn't start listening until 12 or 13. So you were like two that. years, like they had already been gone by t- for two years and then you started. Yeah. So it took me probably about a year mm. to listen to every episode and get up to date. Like I listened to all the stuff pre comic book men, pre impractical jokers, them starting to hint at those shows, uh, that they were in like pre-production or, you know, their negotiations with networks. Right. So that, that was weird. Like to hear it before, yeah, to hear all that behind the scenes stuff, uh, after the fact. But then eventually I was just like, well, if they could do this, why can't we do this? And I started look, you know, checking out prices of equipment and whatnot. And then I went to Tony, and he didn't, I left a message. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even get back to me right away. And then he calls me, like, the next day, and I tell him, you know, here's what I would like. I'm like, I think we would do pretty well with this. And he's like, well, what do you, what do you want to call it? And when I said... Jacket audio. I think that's where I like. I, I think I tugged at his heartstrings on that one. I'm sure and you he, did. Since that was you know, Jacket video was his baby for years, right? And he's like, but even then, he still didn't even commit right away. But you could tell I sparked his interest, and he's like, I don't know. He's like, these these aren't the exact words, but he did say something to the effect of. I don't know if I should do this. I had a friend of mine ask me to do a podcast mm-hmm. and I feel a little weird saying no to him, but now I'm saying yes. I want to say yes to you. Well, maybe I should have changed the name. You know, maybe instead of like the Marston house that he did, I mean, that was named after something from Salem's lot. Maybe I should have called the podcaster or, or said the podcast would be called the jacket house or something like that. You know what I mean? And then, that way, maybe using you might, jacket in the title, we're there. You might have had him. You, I don't know. I I kind of feel like that's that was it would uh, piqued his interest, but I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. But it, he did hesitate, and he did say it was because you had asked him, and he wasn't sure. He said, "Yeah, like it sounded like he was." Uh, felt a little guilty saying yes to me after saying no to you. Right. And that, um, I mean, well, he didn't feel guilty for that long, I take it, because he jumped right on the bandwagon. And, <laughs> but, I mean, I got to tell you, it, it's a good combination. It was a good combination from the start. I was just like, who is this guy? What is he doing here? Is he trying to be Michael J? Because if he's trying to be Michael J, he just can't do it. He's not me. It's not possible. No. And I, well, I definitely don't know anything about horror. Well. I would never be able to to, to pull off the, the conversations that you two would be able to, to, 
talk about like I just even look around in the studio and there's all this horror stuff all over the place and I'm like I never saw this I never saw that I never heard of this I never heard of that it's just I don't know I was never uh, never yeah. my thing and that that's another thing I've I've only seen the studio <clears throat> via Skype <clears throat> I've never seen it in person oh my god <clears throat> that that right there that hurts it just hurts Oh you all right, pal? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just... Wow. Wow. Oh, boy. Yeah, we should definitely do an episode with you in. Well, I think see, that would be a lot more fun. Well, see, I told him what we could do, because back in the days of, of Jacket Audio, I mean Jacket Video, at least when I was there, we would get Chinese food, and I would get General So's, and I would make a mess of myself with the fried rice. I would, like, let it go all over. He just did not like that at all. And oh, I said, you're never going to be allowed in. I told him. I said, we could do one in, um, we can do one where I come in the studio, and then uh, I'll have General Sows, and I can eat during the show. And he says, no, you're out on that guy. You're out on that guy. Or He, he or, might not even let you in his house and eat. Well, or there was the time that I was drinking, um, what was it? Hot chocolate from Seven Eleven, and mm-hmm. I was. We were behind the counter. I forget. We were watching some movie, and I started laughing so hysterically hard <laughs> that I vomited. Oh All no! Of, and Are he you was sitting, He was sitting in his chair, and I started uh. like, hoo, 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 and <laughs> he dive bombed behind <laughs> the chair. And he's just like, what? You know, like, the look on his face was like, what did you do to yourself? I'm like, oh. it got to the point where it was all over my clothes. I had to have my brother, because I, I lived, like, maybe a half hour away from Jacket. My brother had to drive up with, with different clothes, because we were going to a Chinese buffet afterwards, I believe, like, when the store closed. So my brother actually had to drive up with new clothes. For me to change into, because I got puke all over myself. Michael Shay, oh no! And on the floor too. That was that got sprayed with rubbing alcohol all over. Yeah, that was fun. Oh God! See, this is the stuff that I, mean, I like to talk about on Jacket Audio, but I don't know, you know, because this is, uh, you know, that was my jacket experiences, or at least two of them. Oh yeah, we'd be. Uh... Screw We could be sharing the stories here. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you play poker when you would go up? I had we... no interest in poker whatsoever. I sat there and, like, sometimes, because he got the poker table in the back room, and I yeah. would sit there and I'd be like, hmm. I'm like, I don't know exactly what they're doing. And I think at one point he tried to explain it to me, but I just didn't get it. And I just sat there. And I just, yeah, I just sat there. It was boring. And then, uh, like, on days when he would only watch football, oh my god, I hated that, too. How the hell did you do it? Because you're not a football person. How did you do it? Well, I didn't really watch too much football at the store. The, my, the only time we really I watched football with Tony was in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Red Lobster used to have an all-you-can-eat crab night. Oh, boy. So... It was uh, Monday nights. We would probably, like, 
Well, I, I know I did it. I'm 90% sure he did it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't eat breakfast or lunch. And then we, I'd pick him up. We'd go over to Red Lobster and just gorge. Oh. I mean, we would, we would eat, and we, I don't know, we'll say it's like 20 bucks, which is pretty much 20, 25 bucks is usually the average for a pound of crab legs, right. even today. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would get it, we would eat at least five pounds each. Like, it was, we just scarfed them down. We would see tables, like, come and go, mm-hmm. and we'd still be sitting there eating. It was great. And then wow. we'd go back to his house and uh, watch Monday Night Football. Usually a couple other people would come over. And I that's where I, like, I used to play football with friends in the neighborhood, but it was yeah, a couple of guys who just threw the ball around and hit each other. Right. Um. But yeah, I didn't really know the rules that well, but I, I learned most of the game in that, that season, whatever year that was, mm-hmm. from just watching Monday Night Football with him. Aww. <laughs> yeah, see, at least you could, like I just, like I said, I couldn't, because uh, I would come up there on days, because like when I would work, my work was uh, right across the street from Jacket, basically. So I would go in and I would work from like 9 to 5 or 9 to 6. And then yeah. I would leave work and I would go to Jacket. And, oh, I remember one day I came up at like, uh, I guess, for opening at 10 a.m. And he was there that day too. I guess maybe I took the day off and I didn't realize it was a Monday. Or, you know, just he had like football stuff on the DVR. And, oh, my God, the entire day was just football 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 now i like a you know a little more now you know than Mm. i did back then but even now i'll only watch the eagles and that's it if even that i don't even care i think it doesn't i don't know i didn't even i got into it you know i watched the playoff last year with the eagles just because and that was fun to watch and it was exciting because they won a super bowl but that excitement level did not carry over for me into this season it's I don't know football was never my thing I, I grew up a huge baseball fan mm. and I, I love the Phillies always have even the teams that sucked because my earliest memory is them winning the World Series against the Kansas City Royals in 1980 so to me yeah the Phillies were winners right and then they made it back to the World Series in 83, and then there was that crappy stretch until 93, and then they were winners that, well, almost won it. They made it to the World Series. Right. But I just, I don't know, that, that was the one I stuck with. And then probably sixth, seventh grade, I got into ice hockey. My old, my old man was at, uh, I was up in my bedroom, He's downstairs watching the Flyers versus the Edmonton Oilers in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And he's like, yo, come down here. you got to watch this. And I didn't know what he was talking about. So I go down and he's watching hockey. Mm-hmm. It's really the first time I remember him really sitting down and watching. And he's like, you got to see this. This is one of the greatest teams ever. I'm like, oh, the Flyers are that good? He's like, no, the Oilers. And this was that team that had Gretzky and Yari Curry, Kevin Lowe. Glenn Anderson, Grant Fuhrer in that. And I watched that, and I was immediately hooked. And from then on? 
Yeah, I, you know, so those are the only two sports I can get into. Uh, luckily, yeah, that's, that was what we would watch at Jack. It was hockey. Um, he had the NHL, whatever, the, the packages through right. DirecTV mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. And that was neat because there were no commercials. So you'd hear like the, the announcers would still be on mic. And they would just sit there BSing in between, you know, when they would have commercial breaks for the regular network TV. You just hear those guys talking. I'm like, oh, this is neat. Wow. So kind of like a peek behind the scenes, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's like that now. I, I don't have enough time to sit down and watch a billion hockey games to pay for an, a, a package like that. Right. But that was neat. Yeah, speaking of that, I mean, you not having time. I mean, you have three daughters, so you live in a house with all women. I don't know how you do that. (laughs) I really have no idea. It's it's not that bad. Uh, The oldest, Mm. we have a few things in common, a little bit here, a little bit there with... uh, Movies and music and whatnot, mm. but she shares the same sense of humor that I do. So we could talk and break each other's stones, and, and everything's cool. Right. And the next kid, we probably have a little bit more in common, but we're alike. So there'll be times where we just butt heads because we're so much alike. Mm. And then the youngest, she might be the easiest going person I've ever met on the face of the earth. <laughs> and she's, she's my little jock. So she played softball for years. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of our bonding thing. But, uh, yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's cool. And you know what? I, uh, I don't know if I ever mentioned this story. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay. of being daughters and whatnot. <laughs> All three of them are dancers. You know, they, they've been taking dance lessons. All of them started when they were like three or four. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm sitting in my car in the parking lot of the dance studio. And that is, you know, that's dedication to, you know, come onto a podcast sitting in your car. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Hey, any opportunity to get to talk to you, I mean, we've only hung out once. Yes. And then other than that, it's mostly you know, the, the couple times you're on jacket and then social media interaction. Right. So when when you ask me, I was like, all right, we'll figure out a way to get this done. We'll definitely get it done. Yeah. But uh, you know what? Years ago, a buddy of mine, he said to me, he had he had a, a daughter, hmm. and he's like, you know what? He's like, it's it's so much easier this way. He's like, I think. If I had a son, I'd feel pressure to, like, do more manly things. He's like, this way with girls, he's like, everything I do looks manly. <laughs> I'm like, that's a great way of looking at it. Uh, and I've, I've always had that in the back of my head right, so with these kids. So, like, your own personal, like, ego boost in a sense. Like, that's... Yeah. Wow. And, you know, time, <laughs> you know I would let them... Do my hair. I would, I would let my hair grow out every once in a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like kind of 
have that Kurt Cobain look, I don't know, for lack of a better description. So they would practice braiding on my hair. No, they do whatever. Really? Sure. Oh, I wish you had pictures of that. I would love to see that. Ah, <laughs> uh, I might. I might. I'll uh, if I can find any. I'll that, send them to you. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, this to has to exist somewhere. Uh, makeup. I would let them do that. Nails. Can I, can I do your nails? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Wow. The, the worst. My youngest. Mm. She was like two or three. Had a seizure, oh. so she ended up in the hospital for four or five days. Mm-hmm. And when she was like, after about forty-eight hours, she she seemed to be like getting back to normal, but she still wasn't quite there. Right. But so then she's like, "Dad, can I do your nails?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh God, I, I don't have any nail polish." So. I called the wife because we, we took turns staying at the hospital because, yeah, we had to take care of the other two kids, too. Right. And uh, yeah. uh, she's like, yeah, when I come down, uh, I'll bring some. <laughs> she brings the nail polish down, and she, the little one, she does my nails up. And, like, every time a nurse or doctor would come in and check on her, mm-hmm. she'd be like, look at my dad's nails. Look at my dad's nails. I'm like, oh, God, no. you got to stop. Oh, my God. Can I just call you world's greatest dad? I mean, seriously. <laughs> I don't know any other guy that would do that. Really. No. I, and it's funny. I, I'm i actually surprised by it. Because I've had a few other guys say, you, you let them do that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> That's what they make nail polish remover for. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did make the mistake one time. They did my hands and my feet, and it was the winter time. Mm-hmm. And we were going to uh, Great Wolf Lodge. Did you ever, uh, That's the, the Poconos, right? Is it the Poconos? It's somewhere up that way, but they have an indoor water park. Oh, okay. So before we left, I got the nail polish off my hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that we, we all get in the car, we drive up. And then, with, yeah, as soon as you get in your room, it's like, we want to go to the water park, we want to go to the water park, okay. So I get the change, put my bathing suit on, and I look down, I'm like, oh, no, I never took the nail polish off my feet. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't realize they did your toes, too. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I, they did that, and no nail polish remover. Nobody had it. The wife didn't have it. My uh, brother-in-law, he was there, and his wife didn't have any. So for the next three days, I walked around this indoor water park with brightly colored toenails. Oh, oh! You didn't get like water shoes or something like that? Or no? Wait, they're not. Uh, They're not covered. That's still sandals, right? That's right. Yeah, I just. I mean, did you walk around this place like? I was barefoot most of the time in there because it was. So hot. It was, you know, because the, the hotel is connected to the water park and it, it almost felt humid in there. <sighs> the place is cool. It was fun. But yeah, I had to walk around for a weekend with toenail polish on. Oh my God. <laughs> really? Oh. 
you, oh man, the th really the things you do for your kids. I just, there's nobody, 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 <laughs> nobody. Oh, wow. Yeah, that feels like it sometimes. What do you? Yeah, guys at work. Yeah, you want to go out for a beer? Nah, I can't tonight. Well, good kid, guys. Dance class. Yep, every night, almost every night. But you know weekends what? too. Well, weekends are. Yeah. Uh, this year, well, it changes every year, and the, the dance schedule runs pretty much uh, the same as the school year. So for this year, it's every day except Friday and Saturday, mm -hmm. which is nice. But then Sunday, they're, they're here on Sunday. Oh. And it's one kid's got it at two, and one kid's got a class at five. So your Sunday's shot. You can't do anything oh. so that usually just ends up being the day we do stuff around the house catch up on whatever yard work laundry cleaning etc etc oh. so needless to say I hate Sundays <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the worst day worst day I agree with you there it is the worst day of the week oh, worst yeah. day and you're back to the grind on Monday. It's like, it sucks. Yeah. 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 So speaking of that, though, you also, and I know you, I'm going back a little bit, but Smodcast, you said, you yeah. know, you listen to. So you obviously must be, like myself, a huge Kevin Smith fan. Dude, I've, I've loved Kevin Smith since Clerks. I, I uh, yeah, I worked in a bookstore. Mm -hmm. at the Chamonix Mall and I came into work one day and this guy's like dude you gotta see this movie Clerks he's like it's black and white the guy's from Jersey he sold his whole comic book he, like, he knew the whole backstory I'm like cool sounds great and at the time the only place in the area that had it was the Ritz in Philadelphia right. oh so it was still in the theater when you found when you heard about it oh okay yeah so I uh yeah, I took the check down. That it was actually that day. I'm like, I, I got off work, found it was playing at the uh, you know, whatever time, mm. and went down. I was blown away, blown away. Because I watched the whole time, and I'm like, this. If me and my friends were actually ambitious, mm -hmm. that would have been the movie that I would make. Like that was. It was. It had hockey. It had Star Wars. Mm -hmm. It had, you know, girlfriend problems. You know, it, it was just that. Yeah, it blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind. I'm like, this is, this is my life. This is it. And I was working some crappy minimum wage job, mm -hmm. trying to have fun with your friends. And yeah, dude, oh, I loved it. So I was immediately hooked. Uh, Big, yeah, and then Mulrats, Chasing Amy, the whole thing. So I guess a little bit after Chasing Amy came out, uh, yeah, that was kind of when the internet started becoming more of a thing. Right. And there's a guy, there's, you know, we talk about on Jacket, we call him Stunning Steve. Um, he was the first person I knew that had a computer or a and so he looked up 
all the places in Jersey where Kevin Smith filmed. So we went to the secret stash. We went to Quick Stop, and RSD video was still open. Oh, was it? Went, yeah. Um, and it was great that we walk in. We're like, can we open a membership? They're like, do you live around here? Like, no. Like, can we just give you a membership card so you can show your friends? <laughs> like, yeah, that's cool. Oh, man. Um, so then I, I ended up buying, I forget what I bought. I bought some DVD just to, or VHS. I don't, even, I don't even remember what I bought. But since they were nice enough to be like, here, we'll give you a membership card. I'm like, all right, you know, throw, throw a few bucks in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we drove past the train station from Chasing Amy, which actually wasn't a train station. It was just some building next to train tracks. Really? And made, them, just... made it look like, yeah. Uh, drove past the playground. We're holding and Alyssa had their uh, conversation of what, what was it? About losing your virginity. What constitutes right. losing your virginity? Drove past that playground. Yeah, we got, I have to find the pictures. But this is like, yeah, this is 96, 97. So the pictures, we, we took them from across, like in front of the quick stop, we took them from across the street so you could get the whole building in there. So like, me and Stunning Steve, like the pictures look blurry mm-hmm. since we're staying, like the pictures are so far away, the cameras weren't as good back then. But you, should, you can tell it's us and you know where we're at. So it, it's, that's a fun thing to have. But I wanted to go up last week. I uh, I saw on Twitter or Instagram, I forget which Kev, which one Kevin Smith posted on. I think it's set to go both of them or something, because I see it on Twitter all the time. Okay. Uh, yeah, that he was recording, or he was filming in, at the quick stop. So I called JD Cam. Uh, I'm like, yo, Road trip? And he's like, I can't. He's had, I forget what he had going on. Uh, yeah. So I'm just going to, I don't know. I've, I've driven up there once by myself. I'm like, I really want to go to the secret stash. <laughs> and I just headed on up. Uh, that's what, like an hour, a little over an hour ride away. Yeah. No, I went, because <laughs> I've, I've been there. What is it, secret stash? I don't think RST was open when I went. And then I went to um, that Jack's Music Shop. I think that was from Chasing Amy, right? Yes, I forgot about Jack's. Yeah, that's right across the street from the stash. Right, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I got a picture. I got it. Uh, I haven't been able to find it. I have a picture of me and Steve sitting on the step where uh, Banky and Holden were sitting after Banky shows up at the Bank Hold Up Studios oh. and catches Affleck and uh, Joey Lauren Adams. <laughs> I'm like, uh, that was fun. We actually, yeah, Steve, Steve and I, that time we went up there because Brian O'Halloran was doing a stage show. I know I, I forget everything about the show except it was supposed to take place in Ireland. Everybody spoke with an Irish accent. <laughs> I want to say it was at uh, Monmouth College or Monmouth University, one of them. Right. 
and we saw him outside and we both kind of like he was with like a group of people he was standing outside with like five or six people and we and Steve kind of froze mm-hmm. I never had the guts to go talk to him oh. I think if he was by himself it would have been like hey uh, can we get an autograph or a picture or whatever, whatever but he was with a lot of people like I'm not interrupting whatever because they were all talking and whatnot so I wasn't I didn't have any desire to to interrupt that one right so yeah. yeah hey <laughs> you're the guy who played Dante so I, get a picture. Like, I couldn't do it oh he's um and wasn't he also in that other um uh he was in vulgar too right he played the clown am I yeah right? yeah that's it that yeah, was I another all oh, that movie Ooh. That was one I didn't finish. I Still got to it. this day, you have not watched it, or have you finally finished it? No, I never finished it. It was a tough watch. I think I, I you know what, I should pull it out now. Because again, I, you know, Brian Johnson was just the guy that, you know, yelled at uh, Brody mm-hmm. and Marat. So he was, you know, he wasn't anybody that I thought was. Uh, uh, what's the word? Entertaining, right. you know. Uh, yeah, he's like, uh, I looked at it more of. I uh, look, it's one of Kevin Smith's friends. Uh, he's got him hooked up with a movie, so I, uh, yeah, I should pull that out and check it out, and see if I like it better now. Yeah, it's been a while since you know. I think I only watched it once, and then I let somebody borrow the DVD, and uh, I never saw it again. So ah no, yeah. So I have to actually get another copy. I was hoping I'd get a Blu-ray by now, but obviously not, so. Did they release it on Blu-ray? No, and believe me, if they did, I would I would definitely know about it, and I would have had it by now if it was. Yeah, I, I don't even know if it's in print on DVD. I feel like yeah. if there was an episode of Tom Steve Day where they said it's out of print. Oh, it has to be by now, I would think. Definitely, without yeah. a doubt. Did, um, oh, what else was I going to, um, did, um, oh, what is it, um, Oh, um, a better place. That was another one. Who did that one? Was that oh god, um, Ethan Supley? He was in that. He was uh, in it, but I don't know. He didn't. He didn't like direct it or write it or anything. Who was that? Yeah, uh, was that Vincent Pereira? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. What do you What do you think of that one? Do you like that one, or is that kind of like? Eh, it was okay, and I didn't see that. Until uh, me and JD Cam went to Volgathon last year. Oh, that was the uh, first time you saw it. I thought that you might have seen yeah. it before that point. No, I had never. I was. I, I could never find a copy of it, and then I just kind of forgot about it. Right. Because I think like nobody. You never really heard anybody talk about that movie. Um. So I'm like, well, you know, what, if if it's not something that I'm hearing too much about then it must not be that good and it was it was alright I, you know, I watched it once and it was cool you know but I don't think I, you could I, I, I could yeah I could live the rest of my life and never see another minute of that movie and uh, well Drawing Flies that was another one uh, that's one I have to watch again because I don't think I don't think I ever finished that one either, but I know Jason Lee was in it, and that's the main reason that yeah. I picked it up. Yeah, same here. And 
I owned that one, and that was another one. I started it, just like Vulgar. I started it, never finished it, and they showed that at the Vulgar Thon this year. And, again, I'm happy I saw it, but it wasn't anything, like, it wasn't. There wasn't anything that special about it. I don't even know if I would tell you to waste, you know, spend your time on it. There's plenty of other better films out there if you were going to take a couple hours to, to watch a film. So wait, so Vulgar Fawn basically now, you know, I've never been to that, but that basically showcases Kevin's films and like films of his uh, friends, so to speak. Or is it just like what is the what's the deal? Well, this this year was the twentieth anniversary. Well, twenty eighteen was the twentieth anniversary, and they they'd done like seven years in a row, mm. and then they stopped. So, as far as I could tell, it was. Uh, I, I think he he was a producer on the other two. So it was Clark Smallrax chasing Amy, mm. and drawing flies at a better place. So I want to say he was the producer on the other two. Uh, you know, he had enough success with the, the other, those three movies that some movie studio was like, "Hey, we'll, you know, we'll give you a budget to produce something." And you know, the friends that he had made, uh, the, the friends that he had had scripts, and he was like, "All right, well, you know, let's get this made." And that was it. Which I find odd because this, all right, so the, for the anniversary, they did the same five movies that they did for the original Vulgarthon mm-hmm. and they didn't play Vulgar which I thought was weird because it was named the Vulgarthon was named after Brian Johnson's movie right but it wasn't but it wasn't featured at this marathon mm. it's kind of strange but, yeah and now that I think about it I wonder why nobody asked that question because I, I didn't even think about it at the time. I was just like, all right, yeah, there's Kevin Smith standing there talking to us. <laughs> so that was, at, was that after, oh, wait, yeah. Volgerthon was after he had the heart attack, right? Yes. And I think that's, I, if I remember right, he had said something about it. He's like, you know what? He's like, for, and it was on his birthday. Oh, right. So it was kind of like, you know, let's bring this back. Let's have a birthday celebration in the town where it all you know it all started. Where his roots are. Mm-hmm. So he came back east on his uh, was that his forty eighth birthday? I think he said forty eighth. Wow. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Uh, God, that silent silent Bob's almost fifty. I know. That's oh man. It's ridiculous. It really, I mean, wow. I can't believe it. But on that note, let's uh, take a quick break, Joe, and we will be right back. All right. This will keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting. But that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. 
If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room.
Does that song sound familiar, Joe? Ah, uh, that's where the bromance started. Yes. That that was that that Michael Jackson. Will you be there? Yeah. The song that took all the the Joey T epic fails and turned you around. Yeah. It, it went from the, the animosity, the the hatred for me stealing the guy you wanted as your podcast partner. Yes. And you know it's it's weird because I do think um, how things might have been different if things did start with him. I have a feeling it would have been a lot less uh, tumultuous at my end. But you live and you learn, and it's fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? We're all in this together. Yeah. Uh, support each other. Yeah, we gotta we gotta rise above. We gotta start taking down the Kevin Smiths and the, the Joe Rogans and the. God, I was going to say Chris Hardwick, but I think that, that mighty podcaster has fallen. Oh, wait, he's not back yet? I thought because they found him innocent or something that they, uh, that, you know, they reinstated him or whatever. Because I know, wait, he's doing Talking Dead again, isn't he? I, I heard he was, but I haven't, like, he was everywhere. Right. He was everywhere for so long, mm. but I don't hear, like, I heard he was getting reinstated, but then... I haven't seen anything. I don't watch The Walking Dead. No, I don't um, either. Not anymore. So I don't... I don't know. And I really don't watch anything on AMC now that comic book men's canceled. So I guess I wouldn't really see any commercials if it was on. But I don't... I, I did look into... He's not nervous anymore. What's he called? It's uh, the show. ID10T. And... And he has had a few episodes over the last couple months, but it's not with the regularity that he had before. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to take a shot at the big guys, you know. Because that's little guys. we got to make our way up. Screw those guys. They've exactly. got enough money on their hands. Exactly. They definitely But But uh, did you get a chance? I haven't seen it yet since, since we, we bonded over Michael Jackson. Did you get a chance to see that documentary that's on HBO right now? I want to watch it. I just haven't watched it yet because I heard that there were, that it's it's four hours long, or it's yeah three or four hours long, and somebody said that it just you know it just drags, and they said like something that takes like I think it takes like thirty five minutes to get into like how the actual abuse started, and then it goes, and it's like by the end of the first hour or two. You're just like barely scratching the surface. Uh, so, I heard. I don't know how true it is, but I heard. I, I guess they screened it at Sundance or something like that. And yeah. obviously, because it's so long, they had to have an intermission. And I heard something that they had to have um, therapists on hand to counsel the audience. In is that not? Did I hear the same thing? I'm like, how bad? Like, how how could how graphic could they get? And I, I you know, eventually I'd like to check this thing out. Right. But did they really like get into that much detail? I mean, and, really, there's no footage. What can they show? You know, it's all audio. Yeah. It's all you know. Yeah, see, I don't know, man. I I'm always one for a good conspiracy theory. I whether I believe them or not, 
I, I do find them to be entertaining, and I think that a lot of this Michael Jackson stuff could be, could fall under that realm. Right. I just feel like if, if, if you're that messed up, if you're, if, you know, your life has been ruined that badly, oh. would you really want to take, or make, just pour your heart out on film like that for four hours? Oh. I don't know. I just find that I'm a little uh, jaded on the situation. I mean, I mean I, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, all signs point because of his bizarre behavior. All signs point to him being a child molester. Right. But he's never been convicted. There's names who have admitted to being abused. Like Corey Feldman who spent a lot of time hanging out with Michael Jackson in the 80s, is it has admitted that him and Corey Haim were sexually abused as children. But he's also come out and said Michael Jackson wasn't one of those people that did it. And Jackson's been dead almost 10 years. Right. Oh, God. Yeah, he, has, right. he, has nothing, he has nothing to lose by pointing a finger at him now. Right. You know, you know what? Yeah, you know what? He did do that. I... If, you, if, you, if someone like Corey Feldman is willing to come forward and go, you know, this did happen to me, I don't know if they, I don't know. And then these guys, so, sometimes I, I feel like it's a cash grab. Right. I, I read a book, and now I can't remember the name of the book, but it was, the author was Ian Halpern. So he's got a few, few books out, uh, which the other one I read was called Who Killed Kurt? Yeah. And it was a story about Cobain, Kurt Cobain's death. Um, but this book, the Halperin actually started the book off saying that he wanted to write the story of Michael Jackson and nail this guy's, yeah, nail him to the wall. He's like, I wanted to dig deep and prove that this guy was guilty, you know, he, he thought that he was being uh, forgiven. I don't know what the right word is, but he was getting or he was getting a pass mm. because of how big of a celebrity he is. And he said in his research, he found nothing conclusive to say that Michael Jackson had ever touched a child. That's um, bizarre. One of the, yeah, one of the families that Jackson paid off, and I forget which one because I think there was a couple of payoffs, but one of them uh, was actually found uh, guilty of trying to, like, uh, what's the word? Like, they, they fraudulently, they faked an injury at a store. And if I remember right, it was like a J.C. Penny. Uh -huh. so they think that this it was a family of con artists. So they were trying to say that you know, so and so got hurt at, in the store. You owe us money, and you know, I guess through security cameras or whatnot, they were the store was actually able to prove that you know, that whatever the incident was didn't even happen. So like this family has a history of trying to. 
milk money for people. Um, but and and against Michael Jackson's lawyers' wishes, mm-hmm. he wanted. He's like, just give them what they want. Give them money. Give these people money. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I can't take it. Was, it was stressing them out. Yeah, but if but he it, was innocent, then why would you? You know, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would you just give in if you're not guilty? I don't know. I think it might have been a stress thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's been a long time since I read this book. This book came out shortly after he died. When he died. Oh, I think it was 2009, right? Yeah, I think it was June of 2009 that he died. Okay. Um, so it's probably been about nine years. I would say this book came out in ten. Uh... So it's been a long time, and I only read it once. Mm-hmm. But if memory serves me right, like it was a stress thing. Like he said, like, yeah, I don't want to deal with this. Just pay these people to leave me alone. And do you think that that's really what, do you do you think that that, that's what caused him to get um, you know, in with the uh, the fentanyl and all the other medications that kind of like, you know, just because he couldn't deal with the stress of you know, all this stuff or whatever? I think that was part of it, but the the pain, like, I think it started the painkillers, and I want to say he touched on this in this, in this book, I think it was Alfred's book, but I know I read somewhere mm-hmm. that the, he started relying a lot on painkillers with the, uh, that Pepsi commercial when his hair caught on fire. And apparently that, I don't think, I don't remember it being played up like exactly how bad that injury was right so I think it was worse than they said it was in the media and so that's where the reliance on painkillers started and I think it's he was so dependent on it that he had to go with stronger and stronger doses right and then I'm sure his body God the the things he could pull off on stage I'm sure he had to be a hurt and puppy after oh. every show. Yeah, probably. Why not? Could you imagine? And if he didn't do these things and you got the whole world against you, I'm sure you'd be like, doctor, drug me up. <laughs> uh, give, me, give me the best you got. Exactly, yep. Knock me out. <laughs> yeah. So, but I don't know, man. Like, what grown man... And these people say, uh, oh, I slept in his bed. Like, and that supposedly happened. Again, and that was in the book. Like, you know, he did have these sleepovers with kids. It's like, you're not doing yourself any favor by doing these things. No. And I don't but understand I, I, why, like, uh, it's just, how do you even do that? Like, I, I don't even understand the psychology behind you know, why someone would even want that, I guess. It's just... I don't know. I don't know. You get starstruck? <laughs> I can't imagine... Uh, yeah, if, if you've listened to Jacket Audio, you'll know <laughs> that I am a huge Mike Patton fan, the singer from Faith No More and Mr. Bumble. Right. Mike and Patton he... came to me and said, hey, I want your kids to sleep at my house tonight. Is that cool? <laughs> I, no, Mike. No. <laughs> That's not happening. Yeah, see, you know. You know limits. You know boundaries. What, What is with these parents? I don't, you know, I don't understand. 
maybe they think like he would be the 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 bridge to becoming a celebrity themselves. Like they could get into acting and music or something. That he uh, Michael Jackson was the biggest star on the planet. I don't know. I mean, that's the, that's the only thing that I could think of. Yeah, but it doesn't. Any normal person would have to say no to that, right? Or you know, like even just to go over to that Neverland Ranch. Oh, I'm gonna have some kids over. You know, like okay, sure, but I'm gonna be there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just dropping my kid off at right. your house. Right. You know? No, definitely not. You, you know. So, well, how has this affected you? With with him, are you able to? I mean, I don't. I don't know if you listen to a lot of his catalog to begin with. You know, but... I I did as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even even as I started listening to like more heavier music, more rock music, mm-hmm. I still have like the secret fashion tapes that I wouldn't let. They wouldn't be on display. Like they'd be in a nightstand somewhere. Right. As I was getting into Faith No More, I still had, like, Band and Thriller hidden away. They weren't on the on display on the shelf like the other CDs and tapes were. Uh, but eventually I did stop listening entirely. Really? Yeah. Because I thought he was guilty. I'm like, I can't... I can't do it. I think... I can't... I can't separate... If you are... Like messed up enough to do that. Like that bleeds into your art. Like I don't care how good of a musician you are. Right. It's still like if you're a child molester, that's still a part of your art. That's because you created that. Um, like an example, uh, Queens of the Stone Age. I think they kicked out their bass player mm. because. He hit his girlfriend, and Josh Elevator singer said, "He's like, no, he's like that's if that's who you are, that's yeah, that's in your music, and he's like, I can't have that." Which now, as I'm saying that, that's pretty funny. After he kicked that photographer in the face about a year ago, oh, so he's a he's a hypocrite. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, crazy people. Oh. Hold on a second. I'm a little distracted. I got a kid texting me. Uh. Where I'm at in the parking lot. This parking lot's not even that big. Uh. But she's like, where you at? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I mean, I listen to him now. It's not a regular basis, but every once in a while, it's... uh, and it'll usually be the wife of the kid. Like, I listen to blah, blah, blah. And I pay for the Amazon music. So it's all all there with the, with the push of a button. Right, yeah, that that's the best way for it. Um, that, that, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Well, I did have, I definitely did have a question because I know we'll probably have to wrap it up soon here. But um, a, qu- a question yeah, that I had was, if you, okay, now... If you were able to talk to Mike Patton, who you love so dearly, I mean, I'm sure, I think you've had to talk to him. At, have you met him at, 
any point? No. No. I've been I've been within arm's reach twice. Right. Uh, but I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to talk to him. I I could have, but it was one of those things where if I made an attempt to have a conversation and it turned out that he was a complete jerk. You didn't want to do it. I, yeah, so I'd kind of. It seemed like the better decision to just say screw it. Right. So there was some some girl, like I had a short, like I had something, a sharpie to get something autographed, mm-hmm. and I had it in my hand as I was like debating on whether or not to talk to the guy. And this girl was like, hey, "Can I borrow your sharpie?" And I gave her the thing I had to get signed. I'm like, "Here, can you get two autographs? You, you talk to him." She said, okay. So I have his autograph, and I know it's legit because I stood there and watched him. You know, it was him signing. It wasn't like I bought it off eBay or some crap. Right. But I just, no, I just didn't want to do it because if he was an asshole to me, I would have been so, so mad. Oh. All right. Well, let's pretend right now that he's not an asshole. Let's say that he is, you know, the perfect guy. Everybody, everything that you ever hoped or dreamed he could be like, you know, in person, as a person, whatever. What would you say to Mike Patton? You know what? It would probably be the simplest thing. It would probably just be like, thanks for the entertainment over the last 27 years, 1990. I think I bought the real thing. The real thing came out in 89. I don't think I got on board right away. So for twenty no twenty nine twenty nine years. Wow. Ew. Ew, dude. I feel old. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't want to gush. I would, you know. I hate to be that guy. Like, oh my god, what were you thinking when you uh, decided to do Phantomas and you didn't do real vocals and uh, you just kind of made these noises like. A combination of like scat jazz and heavy metal because I think I would probably just get ahead of myself and he'd look at me like you're out of your mind <laughs> you listen to this music way too much in your life so probably, I think I would just keep it simple and say thanks thanks for the you know, I, I think the guy's got the greatest voice and to be able to not do like just one genre to, to get into the metal or the thrash, the rock, the Italian music, the soundtracks, you know, all over the place. And, and it's cool because nowadays you don't see a lot of people do that. You know, people who say Dave Grohl's the busiest man in rock, which his catalog doesn't come anywhere close to what Patton did. But if you hear a song that Dave Grohl's involved with, you know it's a Dave Grohl song. Now, I could play you a song by Faith No More, Mr. Bungle, and Tomahawk, and they won't sound anything alike, even though it's the same singer that's got his hands in on that project. Right. And that's yeah. just because, you know, it seems like he prides himself on being different, and that's... It's versatile. Yeah, he didn't... He's very, you know... Yes. 
it didn't, you know, the, the, the guy thought, God, he was considered like a pinup when Epic was huge. And they probably could have rode that wave on the surfer boy, surfer boy look that he had going on. Mm. But the bands, you know, all the bands that he was involved with, they're like, nope, this is the music we want to make and we're going to make it our way and this is how it is. And you got to respect that. You know, again, these huge bands. And I hate to rag on Dave Grohl again, but you know, Grohl's just, he's in the system. And he just churns out a rock album after rock album. And mm. you know it's a Foo Fighters song, even though it's a quality song. Right. It's cookie cutter. Uh, right. There's nothing, nothing new that he's doing. Yeah, they, God, Tomahawk, one of the albums they did called Anonymous. Mm. The guitar player got his hands on... Uh, original Native American music. And he tweaked it a little bit. They gave it a, a rock sound to it. Mm. But you could still hear those roots in music that's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years old. Nobody else is doing stuff like that. No. no. And it's so, you know, it's so much fun to be like, oh God, what, what next? Is this going to be something that's easy to listen to? Am I going to be able to just sit down and hit play and, ease back into it or am I going to get my ass kicked and my ears are going to be bleeding like the Dead Cross albums. You got a bunch of 50-year-old men doing thrash music. Like that's just, just unbelievable to me. And you got, you know, like Mike Patton and Dave Lombardo in this band. Like those guys could sit back and coast at this point but they're still going out there and doing it. Balls to the wall. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I have to thank you, too, because you have turned me on to a lot of great music over the years, over the past, what, since 14, through Jacket Audio. Yeah. I've, I've uh, you know, heard a lot, thanks to uh, you and uh, Tony and what you guys uh, bring to it, so. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. That's what I just try to do. Yeah, well, you succeed. So, yeah, we could only get it a little bit regular, maybe gain a little bit bigger of an audience. That would be fantastic. But I mean, you're uh, the ten. Well, I don't know if it's ten. It might be more for Mauritius, but um, Mauritius, but uh, that's right. <laughs> Mauritius. Yeah, that's it. Mauritius. Yep. Yeah, that's your uh, the huge following down there, and that um, <laughs> our bread and butter. <laughs> somebody's got to find the uh, coordinates for that because I'm very curious as to where it is. Um, <laughs> It's just, I know if you're looking at a map, uh -huh. I forget exactly where, but if you're looking at a map of Africa, it's a little tiny island off to the right of the coast. But uh -huh. I can't remember now if it was like the northern part of Africa, or the middle, like I can't, yeah, that was a couple of years ago that I looked at it. But uh, yeah, it's somewhere off the coast of Africa. I wonder how much it would cost to fly there. Let's get on a plane and, uh, you know. Fly, that one. Uh, yeah, we'll fly there. We'll fly Jacket Audio shirts. Yeah. We can do, you know what? We can do Jacket Audio live from Mauritius. That's it. <laughs> I, I, I'm on board. Let's do it. I'll be, you know what? I'll be your opening act. I'll come out there. I'll open it. I'll be like. For a, sh a show for two people? Well. 
you never know. There might be ten at least. Tony does say that that there is a uh, a built-in audience of 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 ten, maybe less, but I think ten is the maximum. So I like to keep it on that high end, that high number. <laughs> yeah, but they're not going to go on a trip to Mauritius to see anything stupid we do. Yeah, well, yeah but the Mauritius people themselves. I mean, you know, that would be fun. Yeah, we can. Have do you ever do anything else? Rabbit Red, do you ever do any shows anywhere? Uh, Everything we're just doing the studio. We were, well, we were going to. um, There was a movie, a horror movie that was made back in 2011, I think it came out. And we were in very good, me and my other co-host at the time, Vince, who originated Rabbit and Red. Um, we were, we were in good with these people. It was, a two cousins. The one guy wrote and directed it and the other guy produced it. And Mm -hmm. we were like, and they finally got like a limited, like a theatrical screening thing at some theater in Jersey. And we were supposed to go to that theater and basically like intro the film um, intro the director and the producer to talk, intro some of the cast or something like that. Oh, wow. And um, Vince at the time just, uh, he did not want to do it. We showed up at the theater and we were in there and we were all ready to go and they came to us before the movie started and they said, okay. So they said, you know, you guys, you're going to intro this, intro that, and whatever. What do you guys want to do? You know, it's it's whatever you want to do. Yeah. And and Vince looked at the guy and he says, "Well, you know, it's it's your movie, it's your night. We kind of don't want to intrude on that." Oh, and that was are you that. Serious? You think he got cold feet? Uh yes, I I, I I certainly I certainly think that he did. And I uh, remember like going in the car that night. I'm like, because and actually that night we were invited to the after party at a local bar that was maybe like around the corner. And uh-huh. he didn't do that either. He's just like, we're just going to go. So we just left. Uh-huh. It was my ride. So, you know, and we're riding home. And I said, we were all set to do the intro and all that stuff for that movie. Yeah. I'm like, what happened? Why? Uh, it was just, it was, it was their night. I didn't want to, I didn't want to spoil their, their, their time. I didn't want to infringe on their time. I'm like, but they brought us here for that purpose. Yeah, but I didn't want to. Oh, so oh, we let them. Yeah, that was like you know. That I, was. I would like to see what like some of these people do for live podcasts. Like, I know, you know Tom, Steve, Dave. I've seen like YouTube clips, and they just sit around and basically do what they do on uh, on a regular podcast episode. But uh, a buddy of mine went to see. Oh God. Now the name escapes me, but at one of the local venues in Philly, uh, oh, God, what was it? The Union? No, it wasn't the class. I think it was the Union Transfer. Okay. Went to see some live podcast. I'm like, at the Union Transfer. I'm like, did they do it on stage? He's like, yeah. I'm like, and I didn't. It wasn't a show that I had heard of, but that doesn't mean anything. But I, well, what did it? What did they do? And he's just like, I don't know. They just got up there and did their show. I'm like, you're not helping with the description. <laughs> but I was like, I would love to know it. I and mean, even Tony and I have a friend that we played softball with for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. 
he's got a podcast. Um, they'll do shows from uh, a bar, like a, a brewery bar place in like the Southampton, Huntington Valley area every once in a while. Right. And I want to say, every night that they, they do one at this place, I always have something going on. But I want to go and see what they do. Like it would be, I, I don't know. I think it would be neat to try and uh, expand it to something uh, in per, you know, to do something live to see if how that translates in front of a crowd. Yeah, I mean, I remember but one time I saw I Kevin Smith um, do his Q and A stuff at the Keswick. I forget when that was. It was a few years ago, and was after, after the movie, the cartoon, Jane Silent Bob's. No, this was this was before that. I think this was actually okay. when Smodcast was first starting. I think. Oh, um, uh, okay. Because he, uh, the way that it worked was he did the Q and A, you know, like the normal evening with Kevin Smith stuff would go, and yeah. then after that he says, "Well, we're gonna do a Jay and Silent Bob Get Old episode here for you right now," and he brought out Muse. Oh, and you didn't. They didn't uh, announce that at first. Well, they, like, they was that a surprise. They said they said that something was going to go on, but I didn't know what it uh, was. And at that time, I didn't know what Jay and Silent Bob Get Old was. Yeah. And you know, oh, they brought him out. I was like, "This is wow." That's cool. That's very cool. So yeah, I'm all about the live stuff too. I'm telling, it just adds something to it, you know. Adds another level, another layer. It's really, it's good. Yeah, dude. My cousin saw Smith. Uh, she used to go to the University of Hartford. She graduated from there uh, 10, 15 years ago, whatever it was. Um, and she tried to get me to come up. I forget why I couldn't do it. I'm, you know, what? it might even be longer because I want to say I was. I was dating my wife. I don't think we were married yet, but so anyway, she's you know you should come up. Kevin Smith's doing his evening with. Um, I said, I right, see what I could do, and I for whatever reason I didn't make it up there. So he was supposed to be there for two hours, right? And he ended up talking for five and a half hours. Uh, I don't <laughs> doubt it. Yeah, like they there wasn't a curfew. She's like. It was well after midnight. It was, they just let him go. You know, the, the people that were working at the place, because it was on campus, the people that were working the auditorium had no problems with it. And he would check every once in a while. No, nope, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Five and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, well, that's him, though. I mean, he can just go off, and that's just, you know, that's one of the th- things I like about him, too. He can just, you know, he just goes, and he speaks yeah. from the gut, and it's just, you know, it's it's good. It's, yeah, it's always good. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. After a while, I just feel like, oh my God, I'm getting bored of hearing myself speak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do this again sometime? Because oh, we're definitely going to do this again. There's, um, there's so much that we didn't even I... touch on yet. So, yes, definitely. Yeah. I know, we had at least... Four more things that we had talked about hitting, uh, we didn't get to, and there was a couple things that I, besides, like even the Michael Jackson thing was a last minute thing. Um, I had a couple other things I jotted down. I'm like, ah, maybe we should 
touch on this and touch on that. Now, this is fun, and this is definitely way better than what I normally do when I'm sitting here. I mean, we're reading, we're going for a walk, and it sucks now because it's cold. Yeah, you can't go for a walk in this weather. Oh, no way. Now, now I'm over it. I work outside, too, so it's... When, it's, when I can escape the cold, I like to escape the cold. All right, well, thanks a lot, buddy. I really appreciate it, and uh, I will Thank talk you, to you dude. again this soon. Thank you, so much fun.
turbulence. Boop, 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 boop. Turbulence. <laughs> Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.